Welcome, Main Street Youth. So good to have you. This is Brock. I am the youth pastor at Main Street Church. And welcome, Broadway Youth. My name is Zach Mellis. I'm the youth pastor at Broadway, and we are pumped to get to spend some time with you today. Yeah, it looks a little different. It does. We are set up in the home office of Brock Wright. We've fully closed our church offices in order to do our best uh, work at social distancing. So our second room, we turned into our podcast studio. You can't see it, but it looks great. We have plants everywhere, surfboards. And a very fancy jug of water because Kirst has this commitment to aesthetic that is unparalleled. Yeah. Yeah, she's good. She's good at what she does. But I just want to say that uh, this week, we just, uh, just yesterday on Wednesday, we got with a group of youth and leaders who decided that they would fast with us. If you listen to our last podcast, we sent out a challenge that for the next number of weeks, we're going to fast on Wednesday. So we had a Zoom call with everyone, and it was just such a cool time to see young people um you know, separating food from their daily routine. When you're isolated at home, food is like one of the only things to do. It's so strange the way things have changed that a few weeks ago we were saying, everyone come hang out and eat with us. And now this week we're like, hey guys, please don't hang out. (laughs) And we're inviting you to not eat with us. (laughs) Just feels like we're in some weird alternate reality. But it was a really good time to spend that time that we would usually spend eating uh, focusing on the Lord, on praying right. for other people, on spending time reading scripture, spending some time reflecting. And each time I felt that hunger, I was prompted to think about the community we have right. and um, the team we are continuing to grow to be. So I found it to be, um, although slightly a painful time right. in some ways, <laughs> a very valuable time. So we're going to do it again uh, this upcoming Wednesday and the next couple after that, if you want to join us. Uh, in fasting and in our group chat where we talk about it and talk about what the Lord was teaching us in that time, you're more than welcome to join. We would love to have you. You might even get to see Thanos in the group chat. If sure. you don't know what that means, you missed it. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Big <laughs> shout out, Eli. <laughs> so, Zach, a couple things you shared on your Instagram feed that got me so stoked that your youth group, on their own intention, just got together to write another leader, uh, another student that was leaving. Yeah, so unfortunately, um, one of our students that we we love so much is going to be heading back to Spain uh, just to be with uh, her family and be in her own country as this kind of global crisis goes on, uh, which was too bad. And also because of the timing that we found out, we weren't going to have a chance to say goodbye, which I know is disappointing to to me and a lot of other people because we'd love for her to go knowing how much we enjoyed her company and how thankful we were to have her here. Um, but rather than giving up, a couple of students got creative and thought, you know, we could put some letters together for her that she can read on the way home. So I, I reached out to one of them and said, I, I'd be willing to go pick them up if you guys just put them outside your doors. That's so cool. Um, which was really cool. And then as I went to go pick them up, I was so pleasantly surprised, though, to see not just cards and, and letters, which would have already been more than enough and it's such a beautiful surprise. Oh, but there were some paintings and some drawings, oh, yeah. and it just blew me away to see how much time people had spent on this and how heartfelt. Obviously, didn't read the letters because they weren't for me, but as I picked up the envelope, I could see how thick they were right. and how much. And, and then Maria put um, an image on her story, and you could see these sheets of paper were just full of writing. Yeah. Um, 
And it just encouraged me to see in a season where we're hearing a lot of bad news and we're all feeling the weight of limited opportunity. You know, everyone I check in with is, you know, how you doing? It's like, oh man, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. And, and opportunities are taken away. Um, I saw a couple people who didn't have a door, but made a window. Right. And, you know, they didn't have their typical way of doing something, which would be meeting up and saying goodbye and giving right. a hug, but they found a way to get that same sentiment yeah. across. Uh, which I thought was really cool and, and encouraging and prompts me to think, what can I do with what I have right. to bring love into other people's lives? What can I do to bring peace, joy, hope, or love with what I do have um, rather than being disappointed about what I don't have? So that's a challenge that that group of girls have given to me that now I'm passing on to you guys. Ask yourself, what do I have and how can I use it to bring peace joy, hope, or love this week. Yeah. What an awesome challenge for us to use this time and encourage people because there's people that are, you know, hurting and lonely and are in need of what the Lord has given us, uh, whether that be prayer, just scriptures. Um, and even just this week, I had a couple of unique calls uh, from students who are very, very concerned about the end times and what that what that looks like. There's been a lot of like people posting on Facebook and Instagram, these weird, weird stories about how, you know, the time is now like everything is crashing and burning and, and that, that this is the end of the world. Right. So Zach and I just wanted to address it and kind of talk about it with you guys and, and yeah, just see where we end up and see what the word says, what the truth of God uh, actually speaks into this situation. Because sometimes when we're scrolling Facebook or Instagram, it's very easy to be confused uh, because fear sells. Absolutely, it does. We see that in our in our news. And I think that's been part of a reason why some people were so hesitant to embrace social distancing is because we've been hearing dramatic headlines about so many different things for so long that then when they had something serious to say, we almost didn't even know if we should listen or had decided that we won't. And it took a while for us to realize, you know, wow, this is this is something we should actually listen to and this is helpful guidance. Um, but that whole principle of, of fear and, and drama selling has translated into um, articles as well. And, and some people who just want um, attention or influence will kind of see an opportunity to step up and say some really dramatic and extreme things knowing that they'll suck people in. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that online a bunch already. I've seen some very um, verifiably untrue, but um, tantalizing articles that yeah. present some, some crazy scenarios. I've overheard some conversations like that too. And then there is um, a reasonable element of, of, as a believer, as someone who believes that there, there will be an end to this world and a continuation of an eternal world, um, where we do wonder about that. When right. is that going to happen? And that um, wondering has gone on for for all of human existence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the disciples felt that way. Paul in his letters felt that way. There was always this anticipation of what's next. So it's very easy, and especially if we're, you know, we're all susceptible to this. If, if we're up late and we're, you know, tired and we see things like that, it kind of can spiral so we want to just take this moment and kind of just interrupt the spiral. And this has been something that people have been talking about for a very long time. It is. And often we can feel like we're the first person to encounter a situation like we are, the first society to encounter 
a situation like we are. What we're experiencing right now is very new to us, right? but it's actually not very new to the world. And when we look at history, we see all sorts of very um, extreme and, and dramatic struggles that changed up the way people engaged with their world. And this is the first or one of the first um, that we've all engaged with. So it feels really foreign and, and different and uncomfortable to us. But the Bible actually talks about this idea. And this verse being written thousands and thousands of years ago was true then um, and continues to be true now. This is in Ecclesiastes 1, verses 9 to 11. I'm going to be reading from the message, which is a, a paraphrase. It's not an exact translation of the Bible, but I really like the message that's spoken here. What was will be again. What happened will happen again. There's nothing new on this earth. Year after year, it's the same old thing. Does someone call out, hey, this is new? Don't get excited. It's the same old story. Nobody remembers what happened yesterday. And the things that will happen tomorrow, nobody will remember them either. Don't count on being remembered. And it, I love this reminder that, you know, we're not the only people to experience things through history. And it feels so new and it feels so important to us from our perspective. But on a grander scale and the bigger picture, um, things aren't as crazy as they seem. Things aren't as new as they seem. Um, and already people were in this this cycle of, is this the end? This is the worst it's ever been. And that was thousands and thousands of years ago. Um, that wasn't even recent. Right. Yeah, I love the idea. That verse just, Ecclesiastic kind of gets the bad name of being a very depressing book. And so a lot of us as Christians, we kind of tend to avoid that book because we're like, oh man, it's just really depressing. I'd rather read something, you know, uplifting. Let's talk about the Psalms or something in, in the New Testament, but it's actually such a hopeful book. It absolutely is where Ecclesiastes does point out a lot of things that are temporary um, like th these verses talking about our, our troubles or excitements, whatever they are, they're not that big of a deal. Right. And Ecclesiastes uses this word, um, meaningless in the English translation. Um, hevel was the original word. It means like smoke or like mist that a lot of the things we think are so solid, um, are here today and gone tomorrow, which can seem hopeless. But the conclusion at the end is that while these things aren't consistent and while these things aren't a foundation worth building a life on, there is something you can do that is eternally significant, which is to honor God in your present moment. And that's what the book of Ecclesiastes is all about, is life's full of uncertainty. It isn't always fair. It isn't as stable as you think it is. But there is a hope that is stable that is actually worth putting our time and energy and stock into, and that is God. So I think the book of Ecclesiastes is is a great read in a time like this. And and here talking specifically about the end times and this this struggle with coronavirus seeming like something that could could feel like the end of the world. I want to point out there's lots of times through human history that would have felt like the end of the world. We're going to talk about a book called Revelation in a bit. And Revelation talks about some things that are going to happen where the world looks pretty dark. And today the world feels pretty dark for a lot of us. And for those of us who are looking for, a, you know, a sign of Christians being in trouble, like we're not able to meet in person on Sundays anymore. It's like, wow, you know, the enemy is winning. We don't even have church anymore. I think back to um, what people would have experienced during World War II, where, you know, you see um, 
uh, a man in power doing some some really evil things and uniting large portions of the world to follow his vision. You see thousands and thousands of people marching, you know, towards this evil vision. You see God's people, the Jews, under tremendous persecution, millions of them losing their lives. You see um, religion being outlawed. You see following Jesus being something that you can be um, killed and, and taken o- taken away from your family and, and killed for talking about and doing. Um, and then you see the entire world going to war, taking up weapons against each other, complete disunity in the human race. And near the end of that, you see nuclear bombs dropped and entire communities vaporized in a moment. It was a very, very, very dark, dark time in human history that actually looks like some of the darkness that's described in the book of Revelation. And I know that if I was alive and reading Revelation during World War II, I would have been certain. This has to be it. This has to be it. Um, And it wasn't. That wasn't. World War II was not the time God was talking about in Revelation. It wasn't the end. Um, We're still here. God is still good. He's still leading his people. And World War II is just one of several very challenging trials the human race has been through. And like Ecclesiastes said, actually none of it is new. Right. I love that. And I love, if we fast forward to the New Testament, I love in John 14, verse 1, Jesus speaks to his disciples who were terrified, and he says this verse, do not let your hearts be troubled. And I, I think that's such a cool saying to, to us in this time, because it's so easy to, even when we compare World War II to now, it's, it's, it's so easy for us to minimize our fear. Mm-hmm. But fear, it, it can be very real. And I love Jesus kind of comes into this moment where he's about to face the cross, and his disciples are worrying about some things that are not as scary as the cross. But instead of saying, hey, relax, like it was worse, it's going to be worse. He just sits with them and says, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. And that's kind of the view and the heart behind this podcast for Zach and I is, is yes, there are some things that might be scary, but in no way do we want to minimize your fears. We want to sit with you and say, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. That's such a good word. And I love that that mental image of Jesus sitting with someone in a time of struggle and him saying, I'm with you. Yeah. We're going to get through this. Don't be troubled. There is victory. But also in this posture, you don't see this like, you know, you idiot. Why are you afraid? Yeah. But rather this, hey, I'm with you. You'll see it gets better. Right. And I love that picture. Um, and you were telling me about a picture that was shared with you yeah. uh, from someone in the Main Street Youth community. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, I got the coolest email. It wasn't uh, from our youth ministry. It was, we have a prayer team that kind of just intercedes for our youth and other areas of ministry in our church. And it was just the coolest picture. And I'm just going to summarize it for you guys. He he had this picture of him and he saw these people and they were like filling sandbags because they noticed that where they were, the water was rising and in the natural world, that kind of makes sense. Like if flooding is about to take place, people like usually sandbag around their houses to protect from flooding and all that stuff. And then he had this moment where the Lord asked him like, hey, what are these people putting into these sand, into the bags? And he just answered sand. And that makes sense in the natural. But in the spirit, he said that 
people are filling their their bags that they think they're protecting themselves, but they're filling it with the same stuff that is going to all wash away. Mm. And so I I love this picture. So he gave this picture of people like hoarding, panic buying, uh, financial greed and all this stuff. So that's what they're filling their bags with for protection. And they're trying to protect their house. But he just heard the Lord say this, this is the same stuff. Fear is a very terrible master. And so he just said that one day, like for us as believers, we're going to be found standing on the rock. That fear will not be our master. That what we're shoving in our bags to protect our house is not going to be uh, hoarding all the toilet paper. It's going to be the word of the Lord and moments of prayer and um, times where we really put our life in perspective and ask what is the most important for us right now. I love that picture because it, it reminds me of a verse in the Bible in Matthew uh, 7. Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and flood come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. It's such a beautiful picture. And and we've talked about this verse at, at Broadway a number of times, that it doesn't promise there will be no struggles. It promises that we'll be victorious if Jesus is our foundation. And I love how similar that is to the vision that this person on your prayer team had. Um, and we wanted to talk a little bit about visions and and prophecies and someone says you know i i might have a word from the lord for you or i know i have a word from the lord for you um that that can be an interesting thing to hear because you don't know for sure if they're right you know someone says i had this dream and i think it's a word from god um but maybe they just had a bunch of benadryl before they went to bed i was gonna say spicy pizza and spicy pizza at stillwood <laughs> we had these double chocolate cookies that everyone said when they'd eat them after like 5 p.m., they'd have the craziest dreams. We gotta get some double stuffed cookies. We gotta get some some Stillwood double chocolate cookies. <laughs> yeah, once this quarantine is over, um, we'll see. We'll we'll do a trial. We'll give some people some placebo cookies right. and some Stillwood cookies. <laughs> um, have a Zoom call. Yeah, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the sugar or the caffeine. Maybe it's the caffeine and the chocolate. I don't know. But um, you know, there's all sorts of things in our life that can make us think. We heard something from the Lord, but it was just a crazy idea, right? So how do you know? Right. How do you know? Especially, you know, in this situation, it sounded like, you know, it's someone that you know and, and love and trust, and you can receive that word um, with some confidence. But sometimes someone randomly will just message you and say, hey, you know, this is what the Lord says, you know, and, and how do you know? One thing that we can do is check and see what God's word says and see if it lines up with what this person is sharing. You know, and in this scenario, it actually lines up so well where it's a different parable for something the Lord's already said. Right. Um, so we can have some confidence that this principle is something we can know for a fact God stands behind. Um, whereas if someone were to say something, you know, God says this, uh, I got this vision, and then we can read in the Bible that that's actually different than the heart of God. Um, we can be confident that God's not going to contradict himself and say, this is who I am, this is what life in my kingdom look like, looks like, and then, you know, whisper in somebody's ear that that's not true anymore. Um, that's not how God's going to speak to people. Um, so it's important that we um, 
think critically, where we have an open mind to what people are saying, open ears to what people are saying, but we have a, a kind of a critical thinking filter too, and and listen with some intention and listen with some proactivity yeah. um, based on what we know uh, about who God is and what he's already said. And I, even for myself, when I feel the Lord like speaking to me to give encouragement to someone, uh, no matter who, where they are or where I, I've been in some weird places and the Lord's like, Hey, tell this person this. And I'm like, okay. And I, I always will end that statement with, Hey, but check the word. Like, make sure that this is not contradicting anything in the Bible. And, and it really is a challenge for us when people speak into our life to seek it out because sometimes we can be lured with very encouraging words, but we have to look back in the word and say, Hey, is this, is this what Jesus is saying? Is this what the Bible is saying? Or was it just the Stillwood cookies? Or was it just the Stillwood cookies? Yeah. <laughs> and in this situation, it was not the Stillwood cookies. This is, a good word that a lot of the things we do to try to protect ourselves won't. Right. And a lot of the things we do to try to make sure things go our way um, are not resistant to a storm, but a foundation in Jesus is. And I think some of us are realizing that in some ways. I know, Brock, you and I have each realized a couple of things in our life that we um, use to, to protect ourselves or things we do to kind of have our own control over our life have been taken away in this season, just washed away like sand. What are some of those things that, you know, you used to be able to rely on that you can't right now? Oh man, so many. (laughs) I, there's so many things that like in this time, honestly, it's a weird thing. I feel the most amount of peace and I've, I've started to see a few people feeling the same way is because before this all took place, it, there was some kind of like feeling that you actually could control your life, mm-hmm. that you could control outcomes. So you stopped really relying on the Lord and in certain areas of your life and where this is, there's really, you know, the control is kind of out the window and all I can do is say, okay, Lord, today is yours. I trust you. But the result is really up to you. There's really nothing that I can do on myself you know, so it's just like, hey, Lord, you have today. I just want to serve you. I just want to be found faithful to what you have laid out. And so for me, I mean, there are so many things that like even a coffee shop, even just yeah. like going, sitting down and kind of having those. I, I mean, I have a lot of pauses in the day now because I'm just sitting at home staring at a wall. But, you know, in the busyness of our life, a lot of those things are now removed. A lot of those uh you know, getting together with friends and just having company and having that community is removed. And now it just looks different yeah. and you have to fight for it. But yeah. What about you? One thing that has been just washed out of my life, like sand in a flood has been anticipating the future. Right. And I realized pretty quickly, I was like, why do I feel so unsettled? And I realized it was because I couldn't plan anything for next week because I had no idea what next week was going to look like. And I came to this conclusion that I drew a lot of my comfort from planning and anticipating and getting excited about what I was going to do, sometimes even at the expense of what I was currently doing. Um, and in this season, there's not a lot of ability to plan long term you know some of us were having a chat about the youth retreat and you know a few weeks ago you know if I was having a moment where I was feeling kind of down or or kind of like ramming my head against a wall on a project I would go work on our youth retreat and anticipate our youth retreat and think about it and daydream about it 
and kind of use that as a way to escape whatever project I was having a tough time with right. and look forward to it. And, you know, now I don't know what's going to go on with it. I don't know how long our current situation is going to last. Are we going to have to cancel it or postpone it? We're not entirely sure yet. So I can't um, use that as right. a foundation yeah. to get through stuff. And I noticed that in a few different ways that, that that was something I did to deal with stress or uncertainty was to plan things that I was certain of and be excited that, that I would then have control again tomorrow or next week or next month. And that's gone. There is no promise that I have control over anything next week or next month. But can I still be content? Can I still have hope? Can I still lay down my fear in a situation where I don't have control? Um, and that's something God's been teaching me. And I think it's been really good for me where God points out like, okay, that, that was sand. You don't get to keep that. That comes and goes. Mm -hmm. um, but what do you have that lasts forever? What do you have that's stable always? Right. Yeah, I know. I, I love looking like I'm winging things, but planning is always like such a, it brings so much peace to plan so far in the future. And now that that's gone, it's like, okay. Yeah. I, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but, and it's fun too. It's just fun to think about, Oh, oh we're going to do this. Yeah. yeah. So Even just about like kind of recreation stuff. Like, Oh, we're going to have a sweet camping trip. We're going to have a, an awesome bonfire next week. You know, nope, nope, probably not. We'll zoom call. <laughs> zoom call. <laughs> we're going to zoom call the fire channel. <laughs> That's a great idea. Oh man. Put in the Swish LA rotisserie chicken channel too. Oh, Swish LA. I miss, I miss eating food at restaurants. Oh, that was nice. That was so good. Uh, actually, before restaurants like kind of closed, I guess some of them are still open. Kirsten and I just had a last sushi. It was like our last meal. No way. And we just, it was like a spiritual experience. We just had our sushi and we're like, this could be the last time we ever have sushi. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Who knows? I stopped planning for the future. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't, can't hold on to the future. Just can't. eat what, eat what you got today. Yeah. Um, but as we talked about this, um, this picture that your friend had for us. And we, we talk about um, words from God and, and prophecies. Earlier on in this episode, we referenced the book of Revelation, which is where this idea of end times comes from. And Revelation is a prophecy, a word from God. Um, tell us a little bit about the book of Revelation. What What is it? I love the book of Revelation. My whole life, I actually was terrified about it, but I don't think I was terrified at, about it for the reasons that most people are like, there's like dragons and all different, like really scary pictures, but I was just scared about all the hidden meanings. So I like never wanted to like go into it and pull out my own weird theology. So I just mm -hmm. kind of left it, but just even the last couple of years, like reading into it and just the beautiful picture and essentially the, the book boils down to the revelation of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. the focus of him being the center. And the verse that I have is so beautiful. And it just talks about heaven in Revelations 21, verse one to five goes like this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. 
and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he also said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And I love this this passage. Actually, as a surfer, the first thing that sticks out to me when I read this is, and the sea was no more. It like really actually terrifies me because I'm like, wait, is there no sea in heaven? Oh no. Like I love surfing. No ocean. No ocean. And like when you read more and you see the context of what's happening, John is on this island in the middle of the ocean. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's, he would wake up every day in this dusty, dusty, like tomb. He's an old man at this point, And he would peek out of his window and he would strain his eye as far as he could see, trying to see something familiar, something that he could recognize. And just off the coast, like on a clear day, he probably would be able to see the coastline. And he had churches there and people there that he loved. And he just said, one day, it's not going to be like this. So the sea is a picture of separation separation and that that would be gone oh man such a beautiful word wow and so the letter like no matter how confusing it was to us and no doubt to them as well at the time as john would have like rolled this scroll up and snuck it off the island to pass around to the people that he loved at the end of the day this message was to say friends one day at the end god wins at the end there's hope we will be victorious. And it also talks about what God winning looks like. Right. Because God winning is only good news if him winning is a good thing. Right. And it talks about what him winning looks like, that he will dwell with them. He will dwell with us. We will be his people. He'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. Death will be no more. There will be no mourning, no crying, nor pain. Those things will have passed away. So this picture of what it looks like for God to win, for God to be ultimately in control, is a very beautiful thing. And, and I believe we were meant, we were created for that reality. And that's why these, these situations, when we read that, that people have passed away, even in other parts of the world that we've never met, it still hurts our heart. It feels wrong. Or when we deal with loss in an up-close way, or even see a friend of ours lose a job or or come down with a a, a different health issue. It just feels wrong. It just feels unfair. There's this gut reaction of it wasn't meant to be this way. And this letter in Revelation tells us you're right. If you feel like you are meant for something else, it's because you always were. All of us always were. And God hasn't forgotten you. He's bringing that back. So these feelings of pain, to me, when I feel those sorts of pain, they're a reminder of who I was created to be, of the kingdom I'm actually destined for, which looks a bit different than this one. That was such a fired word. I'm about to just start crying. That's amazing. <laughs> Preach. Yeah. Um, let's wrap up this this chat on Re- Revelation. I We've glossed over, you know, a lot of chapters of a very big, yeah. confusing Chunks. book that people have written textbooks about. Um, so there are some pictures in Revelation that are pretty um, wild. And yeah. you mentioned earlier that, that there's some hidden meanings, even as you explained the sea. Um, 
you know, that the sea didn't mean that there's going to be no ocean and we can't surf in heaven. It meant that the separation was going to be gone. Um, so talk a little bit about, you know, why we know that not everything in Revelation is not literal and, and what does that mean for someone who's trying to read it? Yeah, the, Revelation is a big book and you're right. There are some chapters that are huge and people have wrote, written textbooks and I'm not about to write a textbook in the midst of this podcast because A, I don't think we have time for it and I just don't think I'm the, you know, the wisest of the wise. But there are just some pictures that would mean something to people um, reaching back into the Old Testament that would represent some things that that the people hearing these letters would immediately think, oh, he's talking about, say, the book of Daniel. Oh, he's talking about different things that happened in the Old Testament. But when we read them so far removed, we sometimes can say, oh, wait, there's going to be this literal thing happening. And that can be very confusing. Yeah, we see a lot of cultural reference right. to a uh, culture that we no longer live in. And we also see God painting a picture of some big concepts with some visual representations. You know, we even talked about um, the story Jesus gave us about a house on foundation that is solid and a house on sand. And we know that Jesus is not talking about merely our home construction, but on our worldview and on our relationship with God. Um, so he's talking about a house. But what he's talking about is our hope. Mm -hmm. And what he's talking about is our decisions and whether or not we act out the words he says. But what it literally says is those of you who build a house. And in Revelation, we see some similar things um, where there's a picture given, a demonstration given of a greater concept. So the point that, that we're trying to make in this podcast is not to summarize that whole book or explain that whole book to you. Um, but we did want to talk about this key theme of what's presented as people come to you um, with articles online or in conversations and say, the book of revelation says this, and therefore the world is all ending and it's all over. Um, we wanted to remind you and, or, or maybe tell you for the first time um, the message of hope right. that revelation is really bringing the hope of heaven, the hope, hope of Jesus, the hope of something that is everlasting um, and these feelings we have of, of pain and uncertainty and, and feeling like we are in a world that we don't belong in are things that are addressed and um, worries that are put to rest, actually, with the book of Revelation. Yeah, that's such a good word. So as we bring this episode to a close, we really invite your feedback. Let us know um, if it was helpful for you or if there are questions that still exist or parts of it that don't make sense to you or things you want to know a little bit more about. We've really enjoyed um, sharing some stories of what you guys are up to and the ways you're encouraging us and also sharing some of the encouragements you guys have, like that picture Brock's friend passed on. Um, we got to hear some words from Rian, the episode previous to this one. Um, I have a great word from one of our students queued up for the next episode. If there's things you want to share, either by talking with us on the air or by sending in a message, um, we'd love to hear it. We're all building this podcast together. Brock and I don't want to sail this ship ourselves. We really want you to be a part of it. Um, and another great way you guys can be involved, if you're interested, is joining us in fasting and prayer next Wednesday and in our group chat where we talk about what the Lord is doing. Um, so let us know if you'd like to be involved in that to bring this episode to a close. Brock, why don't you read us what the Lord says to us in Matthew 11? Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Then Jesus said, 
Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give is light. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Peace and love. Thank you.